Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 15th of November, 2021, the 11th of Kislev 5782. And that means one thing, Hanukkah, holiday of lights, is just around the corner, less than two weeks away. It seems like we just finished the high holidays and time is moving so fast. Hanukkah right around the corner. I apologize for not podcasting last week, for not doing my show. I was actually on a whirlwind trip to the United States. I was in Las Vegas at the Republican Jewish Coalition annual conference. Um, Huge event, 750 plus people. And all of the big names in the Republican Party, minus former President Trump, who actually sent in a video message other than Trump talking about former Vice President Mike Pence, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, uh, Nikki Haley, former U.S. Ambassador to the U.N., and the list goes on, Governor Ron DeSantis, they were all there. Now, nobody's officially announced if they are going to run for the White House, uh, if they were going to run to become president in 2024, but they were good good spirits in the room in particular in particular from the gains the republicans made on the local and state level in the election which took place in the u.s around 10 days ago or so so a lot of optimism there in the republican party i had a great trip and i really uh want to say thank you to those individuals those people who um who i met and told me that they listened to the podcast and and some of the other shows here on the Land of Israel Network. So to meet people in person who are uh, supporters of the Land of Israel Network, who listen to the shows on the network, is is just amazing, and it's really, really appreciated. So I was glad to have the opportunity to do that, and uh, it was a uh, it was a great experience to uh, attend the Republican Jewish Coalition annual meeting. So that's why, in case you were wondering why I wasn't on the air last week, that was the reason I was traveling uh, to the U.S. Turning to news here in Israel, uh, the Jerusalem Post is covering the story of a, an Israeli couple, Natalie and Morty Oknin, who are currently in jail in Turkey. The Oknins were uh, accused of spying simply for taking a picture, taking a photograph of Turkish President Erdogan's palace. Apparently some waitress or somebody saw them taking a picture, reported it. This couple is in jail in Turkey. And the headline on this morning's Jerusalem Post says that Turkey's not even allowing Israel's consul to visit the jailed couple. This is extremely frightening, and I have no doubt, it hasn't been proven, I have no doubt that this is completely political, that they are being detained because they are Israelis. I'm curious to know how many people uh, before them got away with taking a picture of the presidential palace with absolutely no problem at all. I don't know the answer to that question, but I would bet, I would bet plenty of people, apparently it's against the law to take a picture of the presidential palace. And uh, the couple obviously did not know that. 
And I would bet many people have done so without punishment before. So you have Israeli embassy officials in Turkey trying to secure their release. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett and Foreign Minister Lapid held a consultation on Sunday morning in regard to the couple to try to figure out how we're going to get these two Israelis, a husband and wife, who work for the Eged Bus Company. Uh, they live in Modi'in, Morty and Natalie Oknin, how to get them back home. But it's, it's very, very frightening how these countries can impose, because of political reasons, uh, their will on tourists and jail them for taking a picture. I mean, we all know that Israel... Israel's relations with Turkey right now are not great, to put it mildly. But this is what they're doing. They're going after tourists. I mean, this could have a an impact. I mean, I wouldn't fly to Turkey. Would you fly to Turkey now? Especially if you're an Israeli, would you fly knowing that if you take a picture or who knows, maybe you look at somebody the wrong way, they could throw you in jail? On, on Saturday... The court over there ruled that the couple is to remain in jail until they are put on trial, which will not be for at least 20 days to allow the prosecution to prepare its case. Very scary stuff, folks. Very scary stuff that this could all be because of a picture, but there's a lot more to it. So let's hope and let's pray that the, that the Oaknin family is brought home as soon as possible and apparently they have a uh, five-year-old here in israel who's uh staying with family um, from what i understand uh he's a special needs child and he can't figure out based on what i read what's going on where his parents are just a terrible story and uh and in turkey really really acting up here against israel taking it out taking it out on a on a uh, couple on tourists who came uh, who came on vacation, so we'll see how this plays out. Hopefully, they'll be home soon. Check out this story here from the Jewish Press. It starts as follows: Meet Ori Givati. Ori Givati is the director of external relations for Breaking the Silence, an organization that collects recordings of IDF soldiers. And their goal is to share what they call irregularities that these soldiers faced during their service in Judea and Samaria. That's breaking the silence. They have become an arm of the European anti-Zionist propaganda movement, which uh, actually funds this organization, BTS. Okay, so here you have this, uh, this group who are trying to encourage soldiers, IDF soldiers, to say nasty things. Former IDF soldiers say nasty things about the IDF. Okay, that is who Breaking the Silence is, spewing lies and hatred about our men and women in uniform. So the head of the Director of External Relations on November 10th tweeted out that in the on November the 10th that in the, that in the southern Hebron hills so-called settlers broke three cars wounded a Palestinian soldiers at the scene uh, left 
didn't do anything, two Palestinians injured by gunfire. He tweeted this whole scenario, this whole event, which he claimed took place on November the 10th. This is Ori Givati from Breaking the Silence. On the other hand, you have a gentleman by the name of Tzvi Sukkot, executive director of the Otsma party. Okay. Um, on November 13th, three days later, Tzvi Sukkot tweeted, he asked, you have never seen anything like this before. Remember the Jewish pogrom last week on Mount Hebron? Um, now remember, Givati tweeted out that so-called settlers were destroying cars, going crazy. But Sukkot tweeted and shared pictures of the Arabs at that scene smashing the windshield of one of their own vehicles. Okay, and that same vehicle displayed by Givati. In his tweet, the director of external relations of BTS, in other words, the bottom line here is you had the BTS activists who claimed that the Jews were smashing windshields of Arab cars, yet Tzvi Sukkot has evidence which shows that the Arabs smashed their own windshields and blamed it on the Jews. That's the bottom line in this entire story. Okay, and I've seen this before. I know of this firsthand of Arabs literally under the Palestinian Authority, literally setting fires to their own fields and then claiming that, these, that the Jews, that the so-called settlers were the ones who set their fields on fire. It's happened time and time again. And it just goes to show you the lies and the hate against Israel, against the IDF being spewed by breaking the silence, doing whatever they can, whatever they can to throw the IDF, to throw Israel under the bus, including showing phony pictures used by these anti-Israel, anti-Zionist propaganda uh, organizations, in order to besmirch the Jewish state, when in fact, in this case, in particular, the evidence shows that the Arabs smashed their own windshields and went on to blame the Jews for it. I, I had to share that story because it's, it's so disturbing and so troubling that you have these organizations funded by Europe who claim that they're human rights activists looking out for the Arabs, the rights of the Arabs under the PA and whatnot. Yet, a lot of what they share are just complete lies. And here is more proof to that. You got to be careful. You got to be careful with what you share. Because for many, many years, the Arabs living under the PA, and even before so, are expert, expert propagandists. And they know how to create these images of, uh, you know, that photo 
which has been circulating for years now, of the poor, young Arab child with the rock up against IDF tank. That's the image they want to create, and it's worked. The world has fell for it, and the world continues to fall for the lies which are being spread, unfortunately, in this case, which an organ, uh, is an organization which is composed of Israelis who turn on their, uh, on their fellow members in the IDF. Very, very sad. Don't fall for it, folks. Make sure you have all the information. Make sure you have the story straight before you believe anything shared by these hater organizations. The Jewish press also reports a different story here. Israel's firefighters battled hundreds of blazes across the country over the weekend, many of them the result of arson. I wonder who carried out those arson attacks as the country experienced unseasonal and extremely dry, dry weather. Spokesman for the fire department stated that hundreds of families were evacuated from their homes because of the fires, and in some areas, homes were damaged and cars were burned. No injuries were uh, reported in any of these incidents. So again, you're talking about over the weekend, 411 fires, 212 in open areas, a lot of them in the northern district of Israel. That's what we experienced here over the weekend. This was a big story from last week in, uh, at the United Nations. Um, as they do all the time, the UN, in this case the General Assembly, put up a bunch of draft resolutions targeting Israel. Um, in many, in many of these, uh, many of these resolutions, the United States voted against. But there was one resolution last week in which the U.S. didn't vote against it, but abstained. The resolution was specifically talking about the UN Relief and Works Agency, UNRWA, which, of course, as we've said on the show many, many times, continues to perpetuate the conflict here in the Middle East by failing to resettle any of the refugees or so-called refugees and their children or grandchildren continue to, continue to perpetuate the conflict. So there was a resolution there at the General Assembly, which also mentioned the so-called right of return which essentially is uh, code for the destruction of the state of Israel. And the United States did not vote against that resolution. So JNS reports here, the largest rabbinic public policy organization in the U.S. called the Biden administration's decision to abstain from a U.N. General Assembly draft resolution that targeted Israel quite, quote, quite disappointing. The text called, here's the name of the text, Assistance to Palestinian Refugees, demands compensation for descendants of Palestinian refugees who lost property when they fled their homes, as well as an unlimited right of return for Palestinian refugees to a sovereign Israel. In other words, the resolution at the United Nations calls for the destruction of the state of Israel, and the U.S. did not vote against this. Okay. Israel was the sole country that opposed the text. It passed the General Assembly 160 to 1, which just shows you what kind of a joke the United Nations is. Nine abstentions, including the U.S., Rabbi Yaakov Menken, Managing Director of the Coalition for Jewish Values, which represents more than 1,500 traditional Jewish leaders, 
said, quote, this resolution employed a blatantly anti-Semitic double standard demanding compensation for Arabs who left as advised by the genocidal Arab League. You remember that, folks? The Arab League instructing the Arabs in this area to flee, claiming they will destroy the Jews here, and then they could move back into their homes. Uh, the statement continues, but no similar compensation from Arab states for the endemic ethnic cleansing of Jews and confiscation of their property, much less a so-called right of return uh, to countries unsafe for Jews to enter. In other words, 800,000 Jews were forced to flee the Middle East when Israel was established. No UN resolutions calling for a right of return to those countries, which... Uh, most of them unsafe for Jews to enter anyway. So here you have the, once again, it's like every single week, the Biden administration doing something negative against the state of Israel. It's, it's almost every single week, I'm telling you. Whether it's this desire to reopen or to open a consulate for the Palestinian Authority in Jerusalem, whether it's calling out Israel for different policies of building in Judea and Samaria. This is a complete 180 from the previous administration. I mean, that's really, that's exactly what it is. I mean, Nikki Haley was on Israel's side all the way, as was her boss, okay? But uh, President Trump, on Israel's side 100%, yet... This is just another reminder of what this Biden administration is all about, unfortunately. And here you see it in another article from Israelium. The U.S. and Qatar on Saturday said they remain committed to working together to improve humanitarian and economic conditions for all in Gaza and what they call the West Bank, noting they were deeply concerned by the situation in Palestinian territories. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and his Qatari counterpart met in Washington on Friday for the fourth annual U.S.-Qatar Strategic Dialogue Summit. According to the State Department, the two discussed a wide range of issues, and in a joint statement, they reiterated the importance of achieving a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So here you have, uh, once again... Just another example of what the Biden administration is up to. Trying to turn back the clock and undo anything positive accomplished by the Trump administration. Uh, Qatar, who is a major Hamas backer, by the way, has pledged $360 million for Gaza's reconstruction following Israel's uh, conflict or war with Hamas in May. Um, so the Qataris, a group that funds Hamas, sitting alongside the United States of America, they are more concerned with Jewish kindergartens or Jewish homes in Judea and Samaria, obsessed with the so-called two-state solution while everything else is going on, everything else is going on around the world. Any other conflict, any other issue, perhaps they discussed it. 
but the main focus is on Jewish kindergartens in Judea and Samaria. That's their top priority. Number one, funding Hamas and not allowing Jews to live in Judea. That's really what it comes down to, folks. That's where they are. As they're meeting there in, uh, in Washington, worried about Jewish nursery schools and kindergartens, the Jerusalem Post reports that there is an astonishing lack of contact between Iran's new government and the International Atomic Energy Agency. The nuclear watchdog's director general, Rafael Grossi, told reporters in Vienna on Friday, Huh, how about that? The head of the IAEA saying that there's really not much contact between the Iranians and his organization. Why aren't they cooperating? Why aren't they in touch? Okay, the IAEA is supposed to monitor Iranian compliance with the Iran deal, even though it's a bad deal, the JCPOA. I mean, they believe this will prevent Iran from going nuclear, which is a joke because even if Iran upholds the deal, they can still go nuclear uh, under the deal, even if they keep it, even if they keep the letter of the deal, they can still go nuclear. But that being said, the IEA is supposed to help prevent Iran from going nuclear. And the head of the organization saying it's astonishing uh, I think we should have contact with them. There are a lot of things we need to discuss. So Iran is playing games here. Iran is showing the IAEA and the Western world, really, the United States, who, who the boss is, okay? Um, this is astonishing. Not because Iran isn't talking to them. That That makes sense. What's astonishing here is that the U.S., the Biden administration, and the West in general, the Europeans, they are showing weakness on the Iran issue. And Iran is jumping all over that. They are seizing this opportunity, and they're the ones calling the shots. Maybe, maybe the IAEA should stop begging. And maybe the Western world should stop begging to get back, specifically the U.S., to get back into this bad agreement. Stop begging the Iranians to come to the table, which, again, will pave their path towards nuclear weapons anyway, uh, even if they follow the agreement. But maybe they should stop groveling, because that's not how it works here in the Middle East. Of course, Iran is going to try to show them who's boss, because they are the boss here. When you act weak... Iran becomes the boss. And the IAEA should not consider this astonishing, the lack of contact or cooperation, because this is who Iran is and this is what they're doing. And you have to be tough. You cannot be weak. Going back to the last administration, they were very tough with Iran. And this administration is caving. And that is why Iran thinks they can get away with whatever they want and ignore the IAEA uh, and play games and do whatever they want because they see the groveling taking place by the Biden administration in the West. So big problem here. I mean, of course, uh, Iran, an existential existential threat to Israel and also a threat to the other Gulf countries.
Some very sad news here. Turning to Times of Israel, after four days of searches, the body of an Israeli backpacker who was declared missing after he was swept into a river earlier this week while in Mexico was found on Saturday. Uh, a resident of Sterot, 25-year-old Yanai Rimon, was on a post-army trip with friends after completing service in a special forces unit. This is a terrible story. An Israeli, after the army, um, was killed in an accident while hiking near the Mexico-Guatemala border. Terrible, terrible story. Apparently he uh, was trying to uh, cross the river or whatnot. He fell and was swept away in the water um, in this river. Just horrible, horrible, horrible story. May his memory be a blessing. Uh, Yanai Rimon, 25-year-old, uh, who was in a elite IDF unit. Very, very, uh, very, very sad story. Our weekly anti-Semitism report here, JNS says that an 18-year-old was arrested on Wednesday for allegedly setting a fire in front of a synagogue in Austin, Texas, back in October, uh, amid a rising number of anti-Semitic incidents in the city over the last few weeks. This is outside the uh, congregation Beth Israel there in, uh, in Texas in Austin. The suspect was caught on video carrying a gas canister. No one was injured, according to the uh, synagogue's rabbi, but damage was extensive. Destruction of historic doors of the building, damage to the building's exterior and to the stained glass windows. Here you have a hate crime, an anti-Semitic crime there in Texas, somebody trying to set a synagogue on fire to burn down a synagogue. This is the reality here in 2021. That's in Texas. I-24 reported that a group of uh, Poles, Polish far-right nationalists, chanted death to Jews and were burning a replica of a historical document enshrining the legal status of Jews in Poland, JTA reported on Saturday. So here you have in Poland a rally against the Jews, tearing up a document which gave Jews rights in Poland uh, from back in 1234, uh, 1264 rather. So they burnt the replica, chanted death, chanted death to, Jew, to the Jews. And uh, just uh, story number two, I probably could find a dozen of these stories each and every week about anti-Semitic attacks taking place whether it's in Texas or in Poland or anywhere in between. It's happening. Or here in Israel, of course. It's taking place all over the world, folks. Here in Israel, it comes in the form of rock throwing and firebombs targeting Jewish vehicles in Judea and Samaria, Jerusalem, and other places in the country. Because those are also, they're terror attacks and they're also anti-Semitic attacks because they're directed against Jews. Sometimes they may, may make a mistake, and Arabs are hurt in this as well. But their goal, those who throw rocks, is to hurt and murder and to kill Jews. Finishing on some positive news here. Once again, Israel contributing to the world. Israel 21C reports that um, the reports on the world's first rapid saliva-based pregnancy test. Something new here, of course, out of Israel. Um, 
a company called Sally Stick, a revolutionary saliva-based rapid pregnancy test. Uh, the product has successfully completed clinical trials and thousands of anecdotal trials in Israel, expected to receive uh, approval by the U.S. FDA by next year. This is a Jerusalem-based uh, company. Sorry, the name of the product is Sally Stick. The name of the company is Sally... I hope I'm not mispronouncing it. Salignostics. It's based on its... Uh, so, uh, it's a saliva-based horm hormone detection technology. So you can take this rapid saliva test and find out if you are pregnant or not. The company actually has a rapid saliva test to detect COVID-19, which is being used in Europe and Africa. And now they've created to the uh, they've created this Sally stick in which. A woman can find out quickly through saliva if she is in fact pregnant or not. But um, it's the world's first rapid saliva-based pregnancy test, and it comes out of Israel. And if you're an Israel hater, if you're your BDSer, and you want to find out if you're pregnant, don't use Israel's technology. Don't use the Sally stick. Go to the traditional way of finding out, okay? Because this product is not for you. Don't be a hypocrite. Stick to your guns, folks. If you're going to be an Israel hater, hater, go full force. Don't use any Israeli technology. And as I always say, throw out your cell phone, your uh, laptop, and all your other devices. Because most of that stuff is uh, is probably made in Israel as well. Anyway, that's going to do it for today. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. For the 15th of November, 2021, 11th of Kislev, 5782. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, would love to hear from you. Again, it was great to see and meet people in person who listen to this show or listen to other shows on the Land of Israel Network. And uh, for those who I did meet out there in Vegas, please be in touch. Happy to be in touch via email. And anyone else out there, happy to read your emails uh, on the show, whether you like the show, hate the show, have any suggestions, advice, comments, criticisms, whatever it is, feel free to get in touch with me, Josh at thelandofisrael.com. Shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Coming to you, by the way, I didn't even mention, I'm coming to you this morning from a beautiful, beautiful day here in the hills of Judea in Gush Etzion, where I hear the construction Taking, taking place outside my window as we continue to build in the land of Israel, the one and only Jewish state, just south of Jerusalem, eternal capital of the Jewish people. Everyone out there, be safe. Have a great week. And please, God, we'll talk again next Monday. Shalom, shalom. All the best from the hills of Judea. As the masks are coming off and much of the world is turning not only against Israel, but yes, against the Jewish people. If you feel different, if your love for Israel is growing deeper and stronger, if you're thirsting to cleave to the nation of Israel and to the God of Israel, if you're thirsting to learn authentic Torah from Jews in Judea, then the Land of Israel Fellowship is for you. Hundreds of individuals and families from around the world come together on Zoom every week in what can only be described as a fellowship of love, 
friendship of learning and praying and belonging. A fellowship really unlike any other. It's more than just a movement, it's a family. To learn more about the Land of Israel Fellowship, click on www.thelandofisrael.com backslash fellowship or send an email to fellowship at thelandofisrael.com. Love and blessings from Judea.